everyone. Welcome back to Challenging Trades. Today is January 8th, 2022. It is currently 11.54 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And 8.54 a.m. Pacific Time. And as usual, your host here, Christopher Abrad, co-founder of ATM Crypto Coins. And? And Drew over here wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Very much so. And, uh, you know, essentially we want to come back to you here. It's been a crazy, crazy week in the market. But first, I want to remind you, Challenging Trades is a news and opinion source. We do not provide any investment advice. So on today's agenda, we're going to talk about the week in review and what a week it's been. Uh, we're going to talk about a few investments that we like, probably very few at, the, at this current point in time. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been looking a little rough. We'll talk about today's going to be a big topic of Bitcoin, specifically Woo! Bitcoin, but more the crypto market as a whole. What is it? Why should you care about it? Can you still make money in it? We're going to tell you all that up next. And then we're going to talk about a few things in the market that may have been interesting to just kind of have a good chuckle at. Plus, uh, we're going to start our new segment, which I think is going to be really fun for those that do like crypto. It kind of falls in line nicely, mm-hmm. which will be our coin of the week. We're going to pick a random coin out of the top 250 coins, and we are going to randomly select one, talk about it really quickly, and then you can make a decision if you want to go in on it or not. And then we'll talk quickly about the upcoming week. How many more tiers are we going to shed? And are we actually going to start to look up at all? Uh, so first, my, my tear ducts, my tear ducts are completely dry right now because I've shed the most, the, all the tears I could shed already. So that's why you have to bottle your tears, Drew. So you <laughs> them and just splash them on your face. And when weeks like this happen, you just and next week them. we yeah. got them for 2022 tears. Yeah. The only, uh, it's going to be, I'll tell you right now, it's, uh, it's not looking bright, uh, bright for all of us in the, at least the short term, but I think we've still got a long year ahead. So I'm going to throw it over to you, Drew. I want you to take the wheel. Talk to me about the week. Obviously, you're not our resident optimist, but this week should have hurt everybody in a way that we can all understand how Drew feels. And uh, maybe he's best to kind of break it down for us. Sure. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, it was, uh, I feel like I'm reporting on a car accident right now. You know, it, it was uh, a really rough year for a lot of people. I think what, what made it more rough, uh, and by rough year, I mean like one week, but I think what made it really more, more rough for a lot of people is that we did have sort of a bull trap happen on Monday, January 3rd, where it was the first day of the year. Markets went really high up, especially the tech stocks that have been beaten down, the Kathy Wood stocks and, you know, even even Bitcoin, all the risk on assets. Yeah, we thought we were coming out. out of the woods. We, we, yeah, I was like, this is going to be a great year. 2022 Honestly, is going to be did. our you t- year. You told me that. And then <laughs> I, I thought we were out of the woods. So to hear you talk about the tech stocks and Kathy Wood choices and even crypto, I remember that feeling. So, you know, and then all of a sudden, tell me what happened. Well, let's let's just say I was so optimistic that I actually bought more stocks in these companies on, on Monday the 3rd. Only to see the worst drop in over 10 years start on January 4th. Um, I don't know what really caused the Is that official in percentage of the worst drop in 10 years? The the worst week to start a year in over 10 years. Yeah. Wow, that's, that is that's it, it sure felt like it, that's for sure. Yeah. And and had we had the worst day since February 2021. Uh, I think happened midweek, I want to say. Um, and it was across and, the board. I don't think anybody was exempt from this. Yeah, let, let me just let me just see what the worst day. Yeah, Wednesday the 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 Wednesday the fifth, I think, is when we were like Tuesday was a little choppy. It was like okay, you know, some some of the tech stocks went down, but financial stocks went up, and then 
Wednesday, just at the end of the day, that's when the um, Fed minutes came out, basically saying, now, I, I think this is, we can get ahead in this later, but I think that people really freaked out, not so much that they moved up the rates. Yes, they're going to say three week rate hikes now in 2022, starting in March. But I think the, what that actually translated to reading uh, between the lines with that, what that essentially means is that next week when they release that uh, con- uh, consumer price index figure yep. on Wednesday, I feel like people are going to say, oh my God, that number is going to be way worse. Because the relative strength index dropped quite significantly this week on Wednesday, specifically Wednesday. That was really the turning. Now, and that was the Fed minutes. That, yep. that was like That's a 2 p.m. boom. That's what did it. That sent the market into a free fall. It basically says fast rate hikes. Every pretty much all sectors are going to have some pain here, ex- with the exception of I think, and we can talk about the week ahead. I'll save it to you, but there there are a couple sectors that I think could benefit from a, a more aggressive rate hike. Assets are just going to get in trouble. I think it's going to put a lot of pressure on a lot of different industries. The employment now the silver line is the employment report on that very Wednesday, eight hundred and seven thousand jobs. Uh, um, hired over 350 the strongest december in over seven months and, and the then right out of that though there were half as many jobs created yeah. as anticipated. that's the problem yes so that that's what we saw on friday to kick the to even cause even more pain on friday was you know a very low unemployment point but the job churn is insane right now and that's just mixed signals for the labor economy. But the Fed has no choice at this point to put up interest rates because a lot of pain in the future for us um, on the on the side of inflation, I, I think it's still to come. And Omicron is really exacerbating those fears. So in the week behind, you know, we just got we, it, every day. We got, got worse. We got every day got worse again, the worst. And we'll, we'll see the challenging trade trade challenge. Yeah, we'll talk about that in show a that. too. He's going to um, show that, but yeah, not good, not good across the board for at least the value and growth stocks that I invest in. Yeah, so I'm going to take the wheel here and let's go right to that, right? So the challenge, the trade challenge for those of you that are uninitiated with how we operate here, um, Drew has thrown down the gauntlet and has challenged my ETF, which is a Bitcoin ETF, to his ETF, which is a, a biotech ETF, and seeing who either gains or loses more Um, obviously the higher loss is going to be the loser here. So right now, uh, and this, this challenge runs till the end of this month. So it'll be a January challenge. So January 30th is, or 31st is when we're going to finish this challenge off as of now, um, to start the year and into the first week, as we closed out the first week, Drew is winning his uh, ETF X winning. Well, when, <laughs> not, losing, not losing his, his bad losing the least. <laughs> yeah. So his his ETF XBI had a change over the week of seven point nine percent downward, so minus seven point nine percent. Meanwhile, I lost more. So my my uh, futures ETF of cryptocurrency Bito B I T O has lost mine is now minus nine point four percent on the year. Uh, and so you know we still have a long long month ahead of us. I'm still feeling optimistic. I think. Cryptocurrency. Well, we'll talk about cryptocurrency a little bit more, actually, mm-hmm. in, in the next segment of the show. Let me just give you my quick one minute recap of my week, and we can go from there and talk about our big topic. Uh, or actually, we'll start with with things that we like first. Mm-hmm. So keep in mind, though, by the way, sorry to interrupt, Chris. I know you're no, going to have to get in this, but I think it's important to also say is that these are ETFs that we're talking about. They're not like single, like it's a futures ETF, meaning it has 
a combination it's, it's prices of pegged in the future essentially where we think it's going to go which is really not the way i wanted to do it with the futures etf drew but there are no here with the yeah. spot etf i don't know if it's an advantage or not depending on where the market is but the biotech one xbi has 194 that's the thing that stuns me is that 194 companies in that and the average is down 7.9 percent out of 194 companies like that's wild it's very indicative uh my etf has a lot fewer involvement with the the number of coins that are in it so it's mostly just the high cap coins so things like bitcoin ethereum um some cardano some solana so it's going to be and we'll talk about all those coins in a moment um but you know it's a lot less to choose from but it's also hurting more so we'll see how that goes Anyway, right. thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah. My weekend review, so bad. Um, highlight, <laughs> bold letters, red, bad. Uh, I lost quite a bit this week. And just like Drew had mentioned before, not to kind of recap what he said too much, uh, but I'm coming at it from more of a tech crypto standpoint, and it was abysmal. Uh, we really saw that bump up in a kind of a bull trap, like he mentioned before at the beginning of the week, feeling really good, added to my positions, thinking that we were going to turn things around from that November dip. And we didn't. We didn't at all. After the Fed discussion on the 5th, it was just a complete free fall for the entire market. And, you know, tech was hurt quite badly there as it's going to become a big uh, victim of the upcoming rate hikes. And it's it's really going to hurt quite a bit. And because of the way that tech is moving, crypto typically moves in correlation with tech, which I'll talk about in just a second. We'll talk about the correlation between crypto and asset classes, uh, you know, specifically Bitcoin and asset classes and how it kind of moves in accordance with those. But what I can tell you right now is crypto kind of moves along the same lines as the tech asset class. And with that being said, you know, when tech drops, crypto drops. So I lose 2x. I lose in both fields. So I lost significant amounts of money today. The S&P 500 kind of held its own though. You know, it didn't really take the same battering as the individual uh, sectors did. So that's something to talk about and think about. Uh, this might be the time to start diverting your assets to, or your, or your positions to the stable asset classes and, and the S&P 500. The NASDAQ took a bigger beating than the S&P 500 by quite a, quite a good margin. Both of them got hurt, but the S&P 500 held its own. Um, time to start thinking about, in my opinion, moving your money to places that are a lot less risk um, impacted or in a lot less news impacted. The S&P 500 is my choice. Mm-hmm. So this week was was painful, and I'm hoping we pull out of it. But really, I'm not entirely sure we're going to in the near future. And let's jump right into that. So what do I like right now and what do I not like right now? I'm going to go off of what I just said. I like the S&P 500. I think this is your time to get back into those index funds and really sit tight, hold on to your money, let them Mm -hmm. lose less, let Mm -hmm. them gain a little. Don't look for home runs right now. Look for base hits and you should be okay. Um, those of you looking for home runs, you bargain hunters out there. I know you exist. Don't, don't try to say you don't exist. Cause I know you're there. I'm one of you. And, right now, <laughs> and bar- we will, and we bar- will try to do that too. I, I've been cautiously looking for bargains all week, but the thing is I've been cautious and right now, nothing is giving me the feeling as though it's going to rebound quickly. No. Um, I really feel nothing positive about anything that I'm looking at in the market as we speak. And I have held my money and I'm going to, I think, be investing back into index funds 
probably in the next few days. So that's where I sit. That's what I like right now. I can't pick a certain sector or, or industry that I like at the moment. Um, and that's okay because this is just one of those bear market moments that we just can't find a, a silver lining to. It is uh, exactly the same as what I think that you just said. We have to be really cautious right now. We're in uncharted territory. Usually when this happens, there's a crash in the market. Sorry to say that, but there are going to be differences this time around that we'll get into those um, maybe in the next show. But I have some ideas here on, on what could happen. I think so as well. I think there's going to be a few changes being made It's because it, it's hard to predict the pattern we're, we're about to enter in post pandemic or during a pandemic, uh, because obviously if you've been looking at the news and seeing Omicron, it, it has not gone away. In fact, we've started to surge once again. And with that comes, you know, using what we've experienced in the last two years understanding how the government handled the situation understanding how we've handled the situation has caused a lot of turmoil uh at least for now um with inflation that's really starting to impact all of us and i think the government is starting to look and the feds are starting to look at how they've treated the pandemic in the past and take a different stance on it allowing the economy to kind of move the way that it should, as opposed to inflating it by adding more money to it and providing much a lot of stimulus in, in the hopes that it keeps things afloat. So, you know, it's going to be different that we're playing by a whole different set of rules right now. And because of that, we, it's hard to predict what's going to happen. In fact, we can't, um, I'll be honest with you. I can't. And all I can tell you is what I can see and what I think might be the right moves. But to tell you that I'm Miss Cleo here, telling you what the future holds is far from the truth. Um, if anybody tells you they can predict the future, just know that they're lying to you. So let's get right into our main story because this is going to be a big one. Uh, I know a lot of people that listen to podcasts like this and a lot of people that listen to tech news and tech involvement have money in cryptocurrency. And that's not saying it's the small time retail investors anymore. There's a lot of big companies out there holding quite a bit of Bitcoin on their balance sheets, quite a bit of Ethereum on their balance sheets. We're talking companies to the likes of Tesla. We're talking companies to the likes of Facebook. We're talking companies to the likes of Twitter. Um, so these are large Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 200 companies that are holding Bitcoin and crypto on their balance sheet. So we have to talk about it at least to some degree. And it, and it does hit close to home for me. And let, let me just get a couple words in here uh, before you start to just go into a diatribe on, on crypto. Everyone, the perspective that I have on this, I'm kind of like your layman retail investor pre, you know, pre crypto. I've been um, kind of investing for a hobby and for fun, but my focus has never been on like these emerging asset classes. I, I don't, really look into any detail i do hold a very small amount of cryptocurrency just for like because everybody else is doing probably based it, on my recommendation as well based on chris's recommendation sorry i saw what had happened back in 2017 uh 2018 just ruined a lot of people's lives a lot of wealth was lost during that last kind of run up i i think a lot of people were talking about it back then i remember the conversations going on a lot of people had the same questions they have today but to just introduce the topic a little bit more for folks like me who really don't know much about it can you just give me like the the cryptocurrency for dummies 101 like what are altcoins what is bitcoin and then you know at least i have like an idea on like what what, what are the ramifications for all these trends you're seeing yeah sure so 
let me put this in perspective. Bitcoin is an entirely new asset class and we are in the early stages of it. It's been around for quite some time. I think 2011 was its real inception um, in terms of when it became adopted and traded. Uh, it was developed quite a, a, a while before that, and it, it is the gold standard as it comes to cryptocurrency. So I'm going to be focusing the conversation there, and it's going to really put things in perspective. So it's a digital currency class, right? It's digital currency. Essentially, it's not physical, not tangible. You're holding in a digital wallet. It is free of any central control, any oversight on banking or government, at least for the time being. Regulation is coming down the line to change that. But as of its creation and as of now, it still holds that to be true. The way that this operates, the way that, that this cryptocurrency exists is peer-to-peer. The network is peer-to-peer. It's all based on a network called the blockchain, which is a living, constantly changing ledger that is verifying and monitoring every transaction on the blockchain by each individual computer or or hardware device that is attached to this blockchain and is monitoring it and maintaining the ledger. When you think of a bank, you're thinking of a central entity that is holding the money, holding all the cards, holding all the power over your, over your money. They're moving it as they see fit and they're giving you very little transparency on it and they hold the ledger. That is one group that is holding all of the information. Should that information have a data breach? Should that information be lost, burned, destroyed, altered in any capacity? Nobody's there to take a look at that and double check. They hold all of it. To move it between banks and entities is incredibly difficult as they don't seem to talk to each other very well. That's another benefit of cryptocurrency as it can be transferred peer to peer without a third party in the middle mediating it. That's why this exists. This exists only because of the fact that people wanted more control over their money. People wanted less oversight over their money to transfer it as they see fit, to move it between individuals across borders, and to, main, and to ensure that there is security and safety around their money. FDIC doesn't mean anything anymore, if you ask me. really doesn't. Because there's one entity holding all the cards. The rules can change if they want to change it. This is a group and community that's holding all the cards now. And individually, we are all maintaining this together. So when you say safety, what, what, where do all these like things I'm hearing about, like wallets being stolen, like crypto being, being stolen. Like I've, I've heard that, you know, it's not entirely safe if billions of, of, of dollars of Bitcoin are being essentially stolen. Is there any, it's a good question. Any, how does that happen? So it happens because money is being stolen because when you actually physically have the money, the ledger is the safety net. That's the Mm. maintenance that we are maintaining on this blockchain. But when you currently have your wallet, that you can do whatever you see fit with it. You have your passphrase. You can transfer money as you want. Nobody's telling you how to transfer. And again, I mentioned how easy it is to move money between peers. That's where the money's getting stolen. You're losing your passphrase. You're giving it out in ways that you probably shouldn't be. You're posting too much information online about your wallet and how to access it. Um, you know, that's, that's an individual, that's user error, if you ask me. So we need to educate people a little bit more about how to use their digital wallets and what the security aspects of those digital wallets are. How many stories have you heard, Drew, where an individual 
has a wallet with Bitcoin in it. They mined it in 2012. They have a bunch of money in there, millions of dollars <laughs> worth, and somehow have lost their passphrase. That's on them. There is no secure, like, unlike a bank, nobody's there with a master key to open your wallet for you. That doesn't exist. So it's on you to make sure that you can't lose your passphrase or passcode or hardware key in order to access your wallet. And if you do, that's the other part of this is there, that's the security. If you ask, if you really look at it is that nobody else can access it ever. Not, not even the people that made this can get into your wallet. That's, that is locked away forever. There's a pro and a con to that. The pro is that is security to the utmost. Uh, and, and the only reason you're getting your Bitcoin stolen is because you're providing too much information to somebody who shouldn't have it. Um, and th- there's another pro to this, those coins that are being lost those are, there's only a finite amount of Bitcoin that will ever be put into circulation. Mm-hmm. When those coins are lost, they are taken out of circulation and the supply sh- uh, shrinks. When the supply shrinks, the value grows because it becomes a little bit more unattainable. And, 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 and I th- what I heard is that there's going to be another great happening uh, pretty soon. Maybe you can tell us what that means too. There's a halving. So essentially... That's kind of jumping forward a little bit. Not, oh, okay, I'm no, sorry. No, no, I'm no, sorry. no, no, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> so when you are on the blockchain, when you are a computer that is providing services to the blockchain, provide being a part of this network to maintain this ledger, you are a miner. And we'll talk about mining. That's one way to get Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other coins. Uh, when you're a miner, you are essentially just connected to the network, looking at all the transactions, verifying the transactions, and maintaining the ledger. For that work, for that effort, you are paid in Bitcoin or in Ethereum, whatever, whatever cryptocurrency you're mining for, quote unquote. So miners are paid um, for their services, for the energy they use. And we'll talk about that in a second. That's actually a very important topic that we really need to get to. But they are paid in the cryptocurrency that they are mining for and maintaining. Uh, there's a having every, and it depends on the cryptocurrency you're working with. There's a having, there's one of them that I mine right now called Ravencoin. That one, the having is coming up in two days, I believe. So that means the reward for the block that you mine for the transactions you verify will be cut in half. So right now with Ravencoin, just to put it into perspective, because this is closer to me, the block reward is 5,000 coins for, for, uh, working, providing information and verifying those transactions. That block reward is now going to be halved to 2,500 points. So you'll be providing the same amount of work, but you'll be receiving half the reward. Why is this important? Because the harder it is to get the coins, the value typically goes up. So this is going to be a situation where you'll see coins when they do their halvings, the value of the coins that you're holding, if you have some in hand, should increase. And we'll probably see that with Ravencoin. Watch for that this week. You know, you know, do you think though it's already built in the in the price though of the coin because people know when it's going to be halved, right? Typically, they do, but the thing with certain blockchains is they can change those rules. For example, there's a difficulty bomb that's going to be coming for Ethereum in the next, ideally, this year, um, and that's going to be a big transitional moment where, honestly, mining as we see it right now is going to be gone for Ethereum. Another energy energy type conversation that we're going to have in a second. That's been the biggest kind of con to cryptocurrency. Mm. Um, and it's going to be somewhat corrected in the near future. Um, but let's talk about how we can predict some of the value of this first, right? Mm-hmm. Bitcoin, you have coins. How do you know it's worth anything? How do you know what it's going to be worth in the future? Is this something that you should hold on to or is this funny money? Right? Should we sell today? Should we sell it all today? Don't know. 
right? So what we can tell you is there's a few models that really help here in understanding where it's going to go and what it should do. Um, the beauty of cryptocurrency and the, the reason I'm talking specifically about Bitcoin is A, Bitcoin is the gold standard. It is the rising tide that lifts all ships and sinks all ships, depending on how it does. Right now, it's sinking all the ships, and it's, mm. the, but it does this. The, that's the other part is Bitcoin is so predictable in its pattern, unlike a lot of other things in the market, because it has a cycle that it has so far held to. Uh, and that may change. I think it may change significantly in the next 12 to 24 months. But as of now, it's been holding to it. But you, so, Bitcoin and predictable in the same sense. That's pretty bold. It is predictable because it was, <laughs> it's predictable in a pattern sense. That's the way to put it. So it does. It has these patterns that move. And with those patterns, should you invest at the right time based on the data and the index and the information provided on those four year patterns? The, high, the likelihood is actually fairly high that you're going to make money with it. The problem is for those that are looking for good news here, I don't have any. And that's because if you look at the way that this, and I'm going to share my screen with you here so you can kind of see the RSI with Bitcoin. Explain what an RSI is and explain maybe what pattern, what do you mean by pattern too? So the pattern is the way that it typically moves, increasing or decreasing in value over a certain period of time, Bitcoin has held to a four-year pattern. Uh, every four years, it'll run a bear cycle kind of in the in year two and a bull cycle, a light bull cycle in year three and a full double top in year four, where it peaks twice. Mm. And you've seen that a couple of times, double top, double top here in 2013, mm. double top here in 2018. And we've got a single top. So we didn't really see a double top in the last run, but we may still be on our way to it. We don't know yet. Um, it may pull back up. And what is RSI for our listeners? Because I barely yeah. know what that means too. RSI is just momentum, relative strength. How many people are buying in, how many people are holding, and how many people okay. are selling. All of those things will impact your relative strength index. So it's a, it's a factor of both volume and price. Correct. And, and also holdings uh, when it comes to crypto, because all of that information, the wallet quantities are visible to everybody. So it's seeing how many people are transferring money in and out of their wallets. Um, so with this situation... You're able to see how many people are holding, buying, and selling. Do you think this correlates pretty well with uh, with greed index, greed and fear index? Yeah, it's another index I want to talk about. So okay. there's a fear and greed index that really applies here to crypto. And Ooh. it's a good indicator <laughs> on where people are in terms of are they pulling away from the market or are they moving towards the market? My rule of thumb is when the... When the fear and greed index, which today sits very, very, very low, the lowest I've seen it in quite some time at a 10. Uh, when it sits this low, put 10 your money out of 100. In. 10 out of 100. Yep, that's correct. It, it's, this is typically a good opportunity to put your money in. The price is dropping. People are running away from it. But if you believe in the asset as a whole, it's a good opportunity to put money in because from here, it can't go much lower and people will typically start moving back into it. So what's the old Warren Buffett adage on this? Uh, what is it? Well, Warren Buffett. Be, be, be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful, right? Yeah. And my favorite statement here is where there is crisis, there is opportunity. Right now, we're in a crisis. And this is quite the crisis because people have lost quite a bit of value in Bitcoin and all cryptocurrency you know, in the very short term. This is the thing to keep in mind. And if I were to tell you one thing about cryptocurrency right now that I think would help everybody is to understand that this is volatile. 
This is the definition of market volatility. This will move upwards 40% in a day sometimes, and it will move downwards 40% in a day sometimes. This is the nature of the beast at the moment. And this is also one of the things that's keeping a lot of retail investors out of it. This type of volatility is really hard to stomach. And if you are going to get involved in cryptocurrency, just understand this is money that you should feel comfortable losing. Because this I'm, is- or, 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 uh, Yeah, com- comfortable- don't Losing. don't put your life savings in this thing. I'm, I'm telling you right now, it's not a good idea. Um, again, not financial advice. Do what you want to do. I encourage you to trade the way that you feel the most comfortable with. If that's how much money you feel comfortable losing, go for it. Um, so the bad news here, if you look at the four-year cycles for Bitcoin is, you know, we saw that, that the big top in 2011. We saw another top in 2013, another top in 17, and then on the four-year dot, right on the money, another, another top in 2021. That, for those getting into Bitcoin now, know this. It may take you some time to get your money back. Um, it's not a bad idea to hold it if you can stomach that long period of time to hold it. If that's okay with you, this is a great opportunity for you to get involved again. Uh, looks like we're starting to hit the floors again. And, and when we do, it could either stay there for quite some time, which it has in the past. I'm talking months. Uh, or it could start to move around a little bit differently. And here, and I'm going to give you some information on why I feel as though it could move a little differently. Before it hasn't I- hit that relative strength, though, if you go back to the to the chart, my concern is if you look at that, um, it tends to to bottom out around 45 uh, or so for about half a year, six months to nine months. If you look at this big one here, this very large gap from between 2013 and 2017, it really held, it held at the bottom of the RSI for almost a full year. Even like, yeah, I mean, a full year. So that, that could happen, you know, mid 2022, mid 2023, we could see kind of a trough here. And if you're looking at where the chart is right now, we're sitting at a 54, which is fairly low. Um, And it still could half at least. It could. And so if you look at August, 2014, to November 2015, it held around a 54 for that entire period of time and, and below. Below mainly. Right? And it went, it went dipped below. So for it to get back up to that strength took over a year. And during that time, the prices were stagnant and low. Great opportunity for people who could see the forest through the trees, but you really have to be comfortable holding at that lower level and not getting the movement that you probably want for quite a while. So there's one other cryptocurrency I want to discuss really quickly before I go deeper into this. And altcoins, I'll give a little bit of a shout to. But Ethereum is the other cryptocurrency, I would say, the silver coin, right? As if if Bitcoin were gold, Ethereum would be silver. Ethereum is a totally different cryptocurrency, whereas Bitcoin is a store of value. You put money in it, and you're basically holding money as if it were a gold, right? It's an, it's an asset you're holding. That's kind of it. It's not really functional. It's just a a store of value. Ethereum is the opposite. It's a play on functionality. Ethereum is an engine that's powering a lot of things that you're hearing about today. Things like NFTs. It's powering blockchain technology for things like smart contracts, uh, which we can get into at another time. It's a really long conversation. And I could talk about this for hours, but I don't think you have the time for that. It's just know this. Both of them are very good uh, cryptocurrencies. They are the one and the two. They've held that position for quite some time. The difference between them is vast. One of them is a store of value. The other one is a, play, a bet on functionality. Mm. If I were to tell you where I believe the market is going, especially with metaverses on the horizon, I think Ethereum is going to become a much bigger factor uh, 
and mm. it's going to gain a lot more momentum as opposed to Bitcoin. It's also tends to be more volatile too, right? Actually, as of recently, it, it isn't. It's, it's kind of starting to decouple itself a bit from Bitcoin. Um, so its movement is starting to finally become individualized and move on its own based on its own interactions with the community and the market, which is great news. I think Ethereum is a much more powerful engine and a much more powerful crypto. And I think its market cap is going to either become half or even more than that of Bitcoin short term. Where, where, did, where did it land this week, the, the two? In terms Ethereum, of did, did Ethereum drop further than Bitcoin this week? It did. It did. It dropped uh, a bit further than Bitcoin this week for sure. 16.6. 16.1 is a seven day percentage. Bitcoin dropped 12.6%. So there's a lot here to look at, right? Now, let me kind of talk to you about why I think it's going to be a little different than it has been in the last four years and why I think we're going to see those four year cycles start to shorten in terms of time. Mm-hmm. 2021 was a really big year for companies that were making large moves and trying to hedge against things that the market would do to them that would hurt their business and their income and their ability to maintain their cash flow and capital. One of those big things is a lot of companies started to adopt cryptocurrency on their balance sheets. The other thing is companies started to look at cryptocurrency for how to transact with it, which is a very big move. It's, it's a mental shift that we said we started to see with companies saying Bitcoin is fake. Bitcoin is a market that we don't want to be involved in. Bitcoin is still very early and we don't know what it's going to do to them going, it's time for us to get involved in Bitcoin. Uh, Facebook creating its own coin, its own metaverse, that's going to play together really, really well. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity there. Uh, Companies like Tesla have openly come out and said that they hold Bitcoin on their balance sheet, Ethereum on their balance sheet. Apple, the CEO of Apple, Tim Cook, Mm -hmm. did not say and said that Apple does not hold cryptocurrency on its balance sheet, but in an interview mentioned that he does hold cryptocurrency and he thinks it's a great investment for people. People that were once taking a very strong stance and companies that were taking a very strong stance against cryptocurrency are now moving towards it. This was the year that the Bitcoin futures ETF was approved. The spot ETF should be on the horizon. That's going to move the market quite a bit. Companies like JP Morgan Chase, Goldman Sachs were initially saying, "Get away! what are you talking about? Cryptocurrency, it's fake money. All of a sudden with an ETF, they're going to be on the phone with like Gordon Gecko with their clients saying, Hey, we just got, we just got access to a cryptocurrency ETF which we can then invest a portion of your portfolio in for a potentially greater return. Would you like us to manage and move your money into that? And you better believe there are a lot of risk inclined investors, especially with the market, the way that it dropped just now that are going to jump into that. And I think adoption like that is going to change the four-year cycle. It's going to shorten it a bit where we're going to see a lot more on ramps into cryptocurrency and fewer off-ramps that people are going to be taking away from cryptocurrency. So with more on-ramps being built, the adoption continues to grow. With the increased adoption, it's going to be increased money into the market, which will grow the value. There is a future here. So When you say cycle, though, are you talking about like the relative index cycle where more people are buying and then more people are selling? Uh-huh. Or... I'm talking so about I, the four-year I, cycle of buying and selling, a value I, increasing, I, value decreasing. So you're thinking it'll become more volatile, essentially. No, I think it's actually going to become a lot less volatile. I so think the cycle will get bigger then, right? The cycle we'll will bigger. shrink, shrink. 
So it'll be, it'll be um, instead of four years to wait on your money coming back, it'll be fewer. It'll be shorter, shorter valleys and longer peaks. Okay. Shorter valleys and longer peaks. Got it. That, that, that says to me that, um, that there will still be valleys though, right? There will always be valleys. Every market has valleys. It's just how you want to quantify them. Just more shallow valleys then? I would say the valleys will become shallower, right? And this Mm -hmm. is, think about how a market matures. When a market is early, it moves up and down in crazy ways. When you add it, when when a company IPOs, peak, valley, peak, valley, peak, valley, right? Until it stabilizes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is the stabilization period now. We're starting to get closer to it with these on-ramps being built for retail investors to get involved in cryptocurrency in ETF form through their current uh, financial advisor and portfolio managing companies. Um, there's a lot more ways that people are going to become involved in cryptocurrency because historically buying coins has been tough. Last thing I wanted to say, energy usage. So I wanted to hit on this really quickly. One of the big draws away from cryptocurrency and Drew has actually mentioned this to me on numerous occasions is the incredible energy usage of cryptocurrency. This is not, <laughs> every conversation it. you can't ignore what it. about that energy you can't ignore it and i'm with drew 100 the way that this is destroying our grid the the global energy usage is insanity for bitcoin ethereum and other coins to mine them to be to create this blockchain has taken up significant resources this is going to start to fall away a little bit more as time goes on ethereum for example the one i mentioned is the silver standard. And right now they have a mining setup for their blockchain and their infrastructure where you're using energy to to monitor and maintain these transactions and verify them. They are soon with that difficulty bomb going to eliminate mining and they're going to move to proof of staking where you hold the coin. And by holding the coin, you then are able to verify the transaction. No, No more energy will be used. It'll be much smaller and staking is going to be the way we get away from it. Look for that to be a big part of what's coming up next in, in cryptocurrency. If you want to be involved in cryptocurrency, there's a few ways. Become a miner, soon become a staker. You can actually do that now. Buy it on exchanges and invest it. Uh, invest yourself by picking up some Bitcoin, moving it around through ETFs. I think the, the future is a mixed bag for crypto. I think do what you want to do with it. Obviously, I've made a big bet in it um, with my own company. So take everything that I'm saying with a grain of salt. Um, at the same time, I think that this is going to stay. And, and, I'm, and before I end this rant, one more piece. I was probably one of the biggest people to call Bitcoin and cryptocurrency a scam back in 2013, 2014, whether people were getting involved. I thought this was bullshit. No offense to people that you know, don't want to hear that kind of language. I thought it was stupid. I thought people were going, what is this funny money? It's monopoly money. The more information I dug into it, the longer it stuck around the more I started to really find myself looking at this deeper and getting a better feel for it. Why has this lasted the test of time to the tune that I really do think it's going to become a big player in what we currently use for our own money, how we invest and how we interact with what's coming up next, which will be that digital universe and world. Thank you, Chris, for that overview. For me, it's really helpful because it's something that I'm I know it's been around for for a while now. Uh, a lot of people are talking about it. I think there's there's going to be a lot of ongoing education for for retail and professional traders alike that are that are going to want to know how things like regulation, how adoption, how uh, 
just change of consumer behavior is going to affect the medium to long-term outlook for Bitcoin. And, and then that's the, la- the last part is exactly what, what I think is going to change it. The way that we work with it, how many more people can get involved in it. That I think if I were to tell you one, one thing that I think is going to change how Bitcoin works in our world is the on-ramps being built for more people to get involved as opposed to the difficulty that it's had in the past for people to mm-hmm. buy it, acquire it, hold it, mine it. The uncertainty, yeah. It's been hard to do it. It's been hard to figure out how to get involved in it. Even if you had interest in it, it wasn't very easy. And the mm-hmm. removal of friction from the process of becoming an investor is going to be the key to how we get more people involved and how the value goes up and, and maintains its height. Great. Well, we, we we have to move on right now, but we will absolutely be revisiting Bitcoin and other altcoins in, in, in future podcasts. And tell There's us go- about it. Tell us what you want to hear, right? We want to know if you're interested in hearing more about this. I could talk about this all day. As you could tell, I'm trying to reel myself in a little bit, but this is something that I'm passionate about. I know a lot of other people are passionate about. And if you want to hear more about it, if you want to hear me talk about Ethereum and Drew talk about Ethereum, if you want to hear us look into some altcoins, we're here for it. Yeah, just, just comment on our somewhere on our website. anyway we will, we will provide <laughs> ample opportunities for you to comment <laughs> and then and then we can make it even a topic if if enough uh there's enough interest that's something that i'm going to be interested about um as this as this industry kind of establishes itself so going forward where are we are we going to talk about a funny story was there anything funny that happened over the last week yeah and you know then... let's talk about it let's talk about something funny. <laughs> I, and i want you to lead the the, the, the charge on this and I, i'm gonna give you two things we could talk about that i think are hilarious uh and have moved the market a touch so first i first thing that came up this week which is kind of fizzled was on sunday of last week or last sunday uh the fcc put out a notice to at&t and verizon saying hey can you stop your rollout of 5G so we can see how this impacts flights? And they went, no, we're not going to do that. You can, go, you can go pound sand. And then they, they reversed that track, which is hilarious. But the fact that AT&T and Verizon think they're big enough to go against the FCC, is that is hilarious to me. Or we've got one more, and I'll let you pick. GameStop getting into NFTs now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So GameStop NFTs, I really don't know what M- NFTs are. And I barely know what GameStop is because I stopped shopping there years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We all did. Is that like the same thing as Blockbuster, but for video games? Uh, yeah, essentially. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan Cohen. Um, but like, so GameStop is... <laughs> GameStop is a company that we all know about, especially recently because of what happened in, in, mar- in the market with them and, and the big Wall Street bets play on the shorts, right? And th- just recently on Wednesday or no, Thursday afternoon um, <laughs> after the market, they decided they were going to get into an NFT marketplace, which OpenSea is right now the big NFT marketplace, right? We're trying to figure out what NFTs are let alone let corporate companies get involved in it, creating their own marketplace and doing something with it. Like we've seen companies get involved in NFTs, which is they buy NFTs, they go, look what we got. And that's all they do. (laughs) And it doesn't do anything. It does nothing. So the fact that GameStop is getting into NFTs is another, look, essentially I think that they're pandering, right? They're pandering to their audience. Yeah, they are, they are. Because, you know, if if I like NFTs, you like NFTs, and then they like NFTs, then we're all going to make a bunch of money. As, as as it was said on South Park recently. So Victor Chouse. Anyway, 
<laughs> Good old butters. Anyway, so <laughs> this is, I think, hilarious. Um, it's just another way that they're pandering. And what it did is, and you know, it did it did move the market though, because 30%, like we, right? Like we mentioned like, in a previous episode, there's a lot of bag holders for GameStop, and the meme stocks are still a thing. They're not as big Surprisingly. as they were. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are still holding the bag because they hope to get their money back. But it moved them, it, it bumped their price up the next day. So after hours, this was announced, it bumped their price up nearly 25% by the peak in the, when it opened the market in the morning. After it, It's tapered down since then, don't get me wrong, but man, it really pushed things. Um, so, you know, it ended the day up 7.3%. How do you feel about that? Like, what is this? Is this ridiculous? I feel like GameStop should be about 10 bucks right now to share if it wasn't for all the bag holders it really should it really should for a moment you're like processing that for a moment you're like uh what do we do what do we do sure yeah <laughs> no I, I, i'm thinking it should I'm, I'm with you i think this this thing has no business being in the hundreds i guess it's crazy like why we've talked about this before it's craziness and sure um you know hey, look if, if this speaks to you invest in it if it doesn't don't uh we love you we love you either way you know i'm like i I, i'm a lover of wall street bets these guys entertain the crap out of me and and honestly and 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 in there by the way you got you're doing god's work speaking of wall street (laughs) bets there's some nuggets in there if you feel the need to peruse that you can probably find some ways to make some money there's a few guys that have made millions uh you know doing the riskiest moves on on earth but you know they made the right move (laughs) so you know, that's, that's the ridiculous story of the week. Um, you know, one thing we wanted to try doing a slightly new segment is we wanted to try picking like a random coin. Uh, and I've used a number generator here to pick a random coin out of the coin market cap of the top 250, because coin, past coin, that coin, you're probably coin, not interested. Coin, coin time. Coin, yeah. coin, 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 coin time. So the coin that we chose was number 23 on coin market cap, which is Algorand. Algorand on coin market cap is currently sitting at number 23. Uh, it has a market cap right now of 8.8 billion fully diluted market cap of 13.8 billion volume in the last 24 hours is 282 million dollars uh, which is down almost 56% which is incredible um, but it is trading quite a bit it has seen peaks and valleys i think there's a lot of opportunity here if algorand's claim to fame is that they are a sustainable blockchain uh, essentially, they're trying to reduce their environmental impact. They are kind of like Cardano. Kind of like Cardano. Those are very mm-hmm. much. Which is doing thing. great right now. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it, it had a good run. And I think the run is, is, is coming. It is a functional blockchain. So it is a, able to provide smart contracts, NFTs, uh, and reduce carbon emissions. So if that's something that you're interested in doing, if you want to get into cryptocurrency and you want to maintain a smaller environmental impact by do, with cryptocurrency, Algorand is a really good option. And it has come up quite a bit from the lower ranks of coin market cap. So you're catching it on its rise. We don't know how far it's going to go. So I'm going to take a look at, but wanted to talk about it briefly. And that is the coin, 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 coin of the week. Oh, Drew is great at sound effects. Anyway. All right. So let's finish this out. Um, Drew, give me, Next like, week? Give, me give me your week in, 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 in the focus here. All right, this is the week in the focus. Ready? I'll give you a minute because we're we're run, running a little late here today, and I want to just save our voices for the all the crying that's going to happen next week. Oh, I already so, burned my voice, so I can't even talk to you about what's coming next. <laughs> all right, next week we are going to see the the big number to to look out for next week. I hinted at, at the very beginning; it's going to be the inflation, consumer price index, and the producer price indexes that are going to drop midweek. 
We're going to see some tear there, I'm pretty sure, which I think some of that tear has already been priced in. Uh, We're going to see retail sales next week on Friday. We're going to start it off um, with some additional jobless claims uh, on Thursday, but the producer price index on Thursday and the CPI on Wednesday are going to be the big boys, I think, um, to look out for. Beige book as well, federal budget. All that. Uh, Wednesday's the day. So whatever happens on Tuesday and, when, and Monday, I don't think it matters. Wednesday is just going to be, I think, the tone of the rest of the month. We're, we're in a situation where even semi-good news is being uh, greeted with negative market um, sentiment. So I think we're like on the way to a bear market. How do we protect ourselves? Chris said it. I, I think if you can uh, feel, I mean, it, it just, it's, it's horrible timing because we probably should have realized more of these losses like a week ago back uh, last year. We didn't, we thought that this was going to be going up forever or the down run was going to, tr- was going to reverse soon. So a lot of us are stucking now, stuck holding now negative unrealized gains. Many of us probably realized a lot of gains in, in 2021. Remember you have until next Wednesday, uh, one week from today, next Friday, to make um, qualified tax payments for 2021 so you can avoid those penalties on your unrealized gains. I have to make some state and federal tax uh, payments myself. I wish I didn't. I wish I realized some of these losses last week and a half, but I didn't. So now we're going in heavy negative into 2022. That being said, whoever does have a little extra dry powder or cash lying around, two places I'd put it in. One, index funds. There's a lot of sectors that are just being beat up. Throw in a little extra money this month and probably the next couple months in addition to your automatic investments. Go go, just do index funds for now until we find a real bottom out here, which could be anytime over the next six months, I think, until the rate hikes are really kind of ingrained into people's minds. Also, look at financials right now. I feel like they're going to do pretty well going forward. Um, JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, um, those uh, those big financial institutions are pretty much the only benefactors. Uh, maybe some value stocks that that have been just crushed. Um, that that have they're actually generating revenue. Anything that's a big brand, also that I'd look at um, for being um, uh, a, a great stalwart uh, in this in this economy because rising inflation. Rising borrowing costs, cost, the only way that companies are going to get around that is by generating revenue that increases with, with inflation. And that's going to be re- large revenue uh, generating companies with, without high capital expenditures. You know, they already got systems in place. They're just going to be pretty good places to park your money. Uh, stay away from uh, real estate investment trusts. I think the, the housing market, uh, any kind of real assets are probably going to suffer, but we could, we could, we could go into another podcast about that. I'd I'd love to just jump into how rates are going to affect borrowing costs, which are, which is going to put a lot of pressure on uh, disposable income, which is already at almost multi-year lows right now, by the way. So that's another big factor we're kind of not looking at, but disposable income, which really exploded for, for enabling retail traders to really jump in there. Do uh do a big job moving the market. Their cash is dwindling now. Both a, a double whammy of higher inflation and higher higher borrowing costs are going to put pressure on already a very low disposable income uh, f- for families. So it's just not going to look good. I think a lot of downward pressure for at least inflows of cash in the near term. So just be safe. 
do not make any sudden moves at this point. I think it's going to be a waiting game next week and probably the rest of January and February and March. I'm with you on that entirely. Um, I was actually just looking at the Wall Street Journal really quickly, which is, I think, a really good unbiased view of the market. Um, I like their reporting. They don't pay us, so take that with a grain of salt. But what I'm seeing here is what their suggestion for the best investment for this crazy coming year isn't actually an investment. It's discipline. Um, being disciplined this year is going to be your best move in the market for 2022 with things being very tumultuous right now, very volatile, the fed increase in rates, uh, Omicron sticking around, uh, pandemic is just continuing. Obviously, uh, with anything can happen right now. Um, mortgage rates still being pretty low, looking like they're going to rise. You know, you can look at these growth or, or speculative stocks and think maybe one of them is going to pop and put your money around and, and try to get the most out of that. But if you really look at it, um, you know, even with the up and down, especially towards the end of the year, where a lot of people lost their shirts, the S&P 500 last year from January to December returned 28.7%. That is incredible. Had you just done that, not moved your money, put it in one of the widely considered risk averse assets on the market. Uh, you would have made almost 30%. Wish I did that. Hard to beat that. (laughs) It's really, really hard to beat that. And so with that being said, that's what I think we should all be looking at a little bit closer than we have been uh, as retail investors and trying to think about ways to hedge our bets a little bit more, as opposed to taking riskier positions in the Mm -hmm. hopes of hitting a grand slam. Mm-hmm. The week ahead is, is maybe do your research. Do your research on S&P 500, on index funds. Start thinking more along those lines. Start trying to take some risk off the table. That's my week ahead because I think when you're looking at what's going to happen over the next five days, it doesn't look pretty. And the best way to hedge that is to go with something like an index fund and just leave your money there. Don't check it as often. Stay away from the market. Do other things. Go outside. Be with family safely and really start to decouple yourself from being a day trader or active investor. Take a more Mm -hmm. passive approach in ways that are risk averse and really start to wait this thing out as we enter what should potentially be a a bear market. For at least another year, unfortunately. And, um, you know, it's just going to be kind of like maintaining, I think, maintaining the value. I think if we can come up maintaining our value, even with a little bit of growth in 2022, it'll be a big win. The big lesson for a lot of people is the stock market was uncontrollable in 2020. It led a lot of people to believe that they could beat Everyone thought they were Warren Buffett for a year. That's nice. But Warren Buffett's Warren Buffett, even when times are tough. Like this is where you get to see what you really can do or be a little bit more self-aware and know that it might be time to take less risky positions. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm going to do too. Absolutely. But we'll see. I still have this belief and this hope that we're going to have a reversal next week and the following week. My gut my family, my friends are all saying it's going to be bad, <laughs> but, but my gut it still wants to cling on to the little bit of sliver of hope that we have left here that folks are going to really see some of these deep bargains. There are deep bargains, maybe not in crypto right now, but deep bargains in some of these tech stocks. There are Remember- a few, there are a few, but what Drew is talking about right now Investing with your emotions and not with logic, not with patterns, not with information, not with uh, with pe- what people are telling you. That is the key way 
to lose quite a bit of money. And we're going to find that out probably in the upcoming episodes as things continue to unfold this year. <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, we appreciate all of you guys for watching or listening to our show. We're going to be back next week, same time, same place, with more information. We'll talk about how this week unfolded. Hopefully, Drew's emotional investing didn't burn him too badly, and we'll talk about our challenging trade. Next week, we'll either be talking about China or maybe talking about how to structure your investments. might be time to switch gears on this a little bit with the market being so topsy-turvy, so we can give you a little bit more on what we're talking about now with stabilizing your investments. And we also might talk about interest rates and inflation, just depending on what the, the week brings. You know, I think- that is going to be interesting, right? How does the equity markets do if you if interest rates go up? You know, how, how tr- historically have they gone up? Historically, what, what happens when they go well? up? Yeah, what happens when they go up? You know, we, so, we keep talking about these rate hikes. What does it mean for everyone? Yeah, it, it, it usually it doesn't. Mm. Hurt. Things like this don't hurt everyone. So who can win and who can lose? There's we, always a winner and there's always a loser. We're going to make a game time decision based on how the week plays out. Stay tuned. We are going to have a lot more very good information coming your way. For now, stay safe. Again, uh, Challenging Trades is a news and opinion source. We do not provide investment advice. Thank you, everyone. No, this has been Challenging Trades. Good luck, everyone. Stay happy and stay healthy. Get, we're going to get through this. Thanks, all. Bye. Bye-bye.